welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the Sheer where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. This Sheer is about keeping moving forward, to keep moving forward regardless of the setbacks in your life. Regardless of the things that happen in your life, you have to keep pushing forward. You have to keep moving forward. And we'll show it to you where it comes up, God willing, in the Parsha. So in Shemot, in Perik Yudalad, Pasik Tedfav, Hashem talks to Moshe and he says, Lama Titzakelai, why do you cry out to me? Paraphrasing the Hebrew because we're looking at the English interpretation of the text. Why do you cry out to me? Daberel ben Yisrael, speak to the children of Israel that they should go forward. Speak to the children of Israel that they should go forward. Even the verse itself shows us that you have to move forward. You have to walk forward. You have to keep moving. Rashi immediately picks up on this and tells us, with the help of Nechelta and the Meshemot Rabbah, why do you cry out to me? This verse, this Pasuk teaches us that Moshe was standing and praying. The Bnei Yisrael leave from Mitzrayim. We're at Parshas B'Shalach. Vayihi B'Shalach Paro et Am. V'lonacham Elokim derech Eretz Pelishtim Kikarov Hu. Hashem talk him out. Finally got out of the Egyptian experience, the terrible Egyptian surrounding. They're, they're, they're traveling for a few days, and then Paro realizes his spies, his informers, tell him that the Jews ain't coming back. They're not turning around. They're not really going for a three-day excursion to come back. They're gone. They're, they're never coming back. Paro sends his men, harnesses his own chariot. Everybody comes after them. The men still see this and are terrified. They don't want to be taken back under no circumstance. They don't want to come back un- for anything, for nothing, for no reason. And they, they, they cry out to Moshe, why do you do this? We don't want to die in the desert. We, didn't want, to, we don't want to be killed. And, and Moshe prays to Hashem. But Hashem says to Moshe, why are you crying to me? Why are you praying to me? You need to move. You need to go forward. So Rashi says that this verse teaches us, the Pasuk teaches us, Moshe was standing and praying. Hashem said to him, this is no time to pray at length. When Israel, when Bnei Israel is in distress, when Israel, when Bnei Israel is in trouble. Another explanation of God's question, why do you cry out to me, implies the matter depends on me, Hashem says, and not on you. As is said further in Scripture, concerning my children, the work of my hands, do you command me? That comes from Yeshaya. An important lesson to first of all realize, sometimes it's not the time for prayer. There's a time for everything. Shlomo HaMalch teaches us, Mahalas 8 Lefkot, 8 Lerkod, 8 Lespod, 8... There's a time for everything. Of course, there's a time to dive, and of course, there's a time to pray, but not always is it the right time. Is it the opportune time? If your kids are screaming, ain't the time to pray. If your wife needs your attention, it's not the time to go learn for an hour, two, three, four. That's not the right time. And if you're in the middle of action, in the middle of doing something, it's not the time to go dilly-daddle and to go walk off into the sunset. There's a time for everything, and there's an opportune time for everything. And of course, we know Nachshon ben Aminadav, the Medrash teaches us, I believe, the sages teach us, he jumped into the river. 
he saw that they weren't moving and he said, what is this? This is crazy. I'm going to jump into the river. we got to get moving. People were standing around. There was confusion. Nachshon took the initiative. Nachshon took the action. He jumped into the water. Or it's explained that he walked into the water with it up to his neck till finally Hashem let the water split. And because of the tribe, the prince, later on the prince of Yehuda, Nachshon ben Aminadav, he jumps in the water and the water is up to his neck. Finally Hashem switched the water. Moshe was praying. Hashem said that's not what is necessary right now. We need action. We need movement. We need to keep moving forward. A lot of times in life, a lot of terrible things can happen. Of course, nothing is terrible from Hashem. Hashem only brings good things. Hashem only gives us good things. But what we're saying is a lot of times the necessary aspect is that we need to keep moving forward. If something that seem, that, that is terrible happens, something that's tragic happens, we need to process it, we need to mourn it, we need to grieve it, but at a certain point in the future, we have to learn how to live with it. We can never move past something, we move with something. That's why, God forbid, somebody you know, loses a job or loses a house or lolenu, worse than that, we can't tell them, get over it. You know, you have so much else. We have to tell them how to work through it, to live with it, not to live past it, to live with it. So you have to go through things. You have to keep moving forward. The sun is still going to set, still is still going to shine, sun, even though we don't understand how the sun can shine, how the sun can set, especially when really sad things happen, really crazy things happen. But we still have to figure out how to still get up and take care of our kids, take care of our spouse, take care of things in life. We need to keep moving forward. So that's why Hashem is saying you have to understand you got to move. That you're you're at a standstill. You're here at the water. The Egyptians are behind you, and the water is in front of you. You need to keep moving forward. You need to get moving. The Mechilta also points out that Shemot Rabbah that speak to the children of Israel and let them travel. They have nothing to do but to travel. For the sea will not stand in their way. The merit of their forefathers, their own merit, and the faith they had in me when they came out of Egypt are sufficient to split the sea for them. Sometimes we need to take that first step, like we talked about the other week. We need to put one foot in front of another. We don't know where things are going to take us. We don't know where we're going to go. We don't know how things are going to be coming about, but we have to at least try. We have to extend our hand. We have to extend our foot. Look, you talked about it length and that sheer on the Parsham. We have to keep moving forward. Hashem will lead us along the way. We have to keep moving forward. And these sources are from Chabad.org. Mechoto also points out, as they stood at the shore of the sea, the people of Israel split into four factions. As they stood there, they these people, they, they stood there at the brink, and there was different ideologies, there was different people thinking about how to go about things in different ways. So there were four factions as they stood at the shore of the sea. One faction said, let us cast ourselves into the sea. That was one faction of the people that were standing at the brink of the water, at the brink of the sea. A second faction said, let us return to Egypt. Let us go back to Egypt. The going is tough. There's a famous phrase that says, when the, t- when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. 
What happens when different things come in the life? What happens when things are sent to you in life? What happens when Hashem brings you things? When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. It's not for everyone and it doesn't happen right away. It takes a lot of work, a lot of moon, a lot of bitachon, and a lot of help. But sometimes that's what happens. But this faction said, we're going to go back to Egypt. Let's go back. A third faction said, let us wage war against the Egyptians. Let us... Let us do battle. Hashem will help us, right? The fourth faction said, Let us cry out to Hashem. Thus Moshe said to the people, Fear not, stand by and see the salvation of Hashem. You know, it's a, it's a famous... The, you see the salvation of Hashem, Yeshua Hashem, that He will show you today. For as you have seen Egypt this day, you shall not see them again anymore, forever. Hashem shall fight for you, and you shall be silent. Hashem ilachem lachem ve'atem tacharishun, a very, very famous phrase. And this Pasuk itself is also a wonderful Pasuk to keep in mind. Understand that when things seem bleak, when things seem difficult, when things seem impossible, who's going to wage the war for you? Who's going to take care of things for you? None other than Hashem Himself. All you have to do is take that foot and move forward and keep going forward. Hashem will make it happen for you. You go on the path. We talk about many times. On the path you want to go, Hashem will take you. Hashem will lead you. He will do the miracles for you. Hashem will do the 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 path for you and that's the famous passage that's fear not stand here and watch Yeshuat Hashem the salvation of Hashem you will not see Egypt again Hashem will fight for you you shall be silent a lot of times it might seem that we have insurmountable odds against us. We have so many things against us. How am I going to do this? How am I going to get through school? How am I going to get through grad school? How am I going to do good at my job? How am I going to do good at my hobbies? How am I going to do these shirim? How am I going to do these shows? How am I going to do this book? How am I going to do this lecture? Whatever thing, whatever talent, whatever idea you have, it might seem insurmountable. It might seem difficult. It might seem too hard. But you just have to keep moving forward you just have to keep trying you put your foot forward you keep your momentum you keep at it you keep your persistence you keep your stubbornness and hashem will help you yes so this publisher said no and these eight publishers said no keep trying there are more publishers out there and worst case publish it yourself talking to myself a personal thinking out loud yeah you reached out to all these jccs all these schools all these organizations they all said no but you keep at it you know it's a good idea hashem put into you you keep going you keep moving forward whatever project whatever idea whatever thing in your life you keep moving forward you keep persisting you're setting up people or you're doing chesed drives and you're just not getting the the feedback you want you're not getting the response you want you just keep plugging at it you keep going at it and you will get the response hopefully one day with the help of hashem because hashem yilachem lachem hashem will fight for you you be quiet you don't worry about it you keep at it hashem will do it if you keep moving forward hashem will help you along the way 
You extend your hand, you extend your foot, like we talked about the other week. You keep moving forward, you keep at it. Hashem will be the one with you. We learned that from the idea of the Pasik. They were standing still at the water. They had to keep moving forward, and Hashem was going to take care of it for them. Nachshon got the message. Nachshon kept moving forward until the water was about to engulf him, until the water was about to swallow him. Nachshon knew, and Nachshon moved. Nachshon heard. Nachshon internalized and Nachshon kept going forward. We need to go forward and we need to keep at it. Even if we seem like we feel like there's failure, Sheva Yipal Sadik Vakan. The Pasik teaches us from Shlomo, in, I believe from Shlomo in Mishle or Kohelis or one of these books. I don't remember exactly where, but it's a mantra I try to live by all the time. Even if we're shot down and even though it doesn't get through, or even though it's rejected, we keep at it, we keep going through, especially if you know the idea. You know the concept is a really good one that was placed into your head, into your hands by Hashem. Keep going forward. Hashem yilachem lachem. Hashem will fight for you. Hashem will go for you. Hashem will keep you going. You have to go forward. So these four different factions are involved here. One wants to go back to Egypt. You can't do that. That's not the way to do it. One wanted to go and wage war. Hashem is the one that's going to wage the war. And if he wants, he'll take you along for the ride. But of course, it's all up to Hashem. One says the crowd to Hashem. And one says, let us just jump into the sea. The Nachshon said, we got to go into the sea. We got to go into motion. We got to keep moving forward. Moshe said to them, don't worry. Hashem will take care of you. And we all say to each other, we have to think to each other, to ourselves, don't worry. Hashem's got your back. You just need to keep moving forward. Hashem will fight for you. You keep going forward. To those who said, let us cast ourselves into the sea. He said, fear not. Stand by and see the salvation of Hashem. Do not worry. Do not fear. You will see how Hashem will let it be salvation. To anyone who has been to college, to been to grad school, and who along the way, myself included, thought they never would make it. Thought they never could do it. Hashem will fight for you. Hashem will get you through it. You will get through it. Hashem will take you through it. Even now when I'm working on a, a side project of uh, working on a, a, certif- a certification that takes months and it's into four parts each, the, the, especially in the beginning, especially the whole first quarter, I was very, very worried. Still, I'm very, very worried. But each way, Hashem will fight for you. Hashem will help you. Hashem will bring you along the way, talking to myself. Just got to keep at it. Got to keep moving forward. Hashem is your best friend. Hashem is your guide. Hashem is your mentor. Hashem will take you through. You just have to keep at it. You just have to keep moving. So to those who said, let us cast ourselves into the sea, he says, stand by and see who will save you. See the salvation of Hashem. Jump in and he'll save you. He didn't let Nachshon die. On the contrary, because of Nachshon's movement, the whole sea was put apart. To those who said, let us return to Egypt, he said, as you have seen Egypt this day, you shall not see them again forever. You can't go back to Egypt. Egypt is no longer going to exist, except in the future when they when they were, they were came back again. But at least for this point, for a while, you won't see them again. To those who said, let us wage war against them, he said, Hashem shall fight for you. Hashem will take care of this for you. 
And to those who said, let us cry out to Hashem, he said, you shall be silent. Understand, when you keep going forward, Hashem will be by your side. Hashem will take care of the naysayers. Hashem will take care of those that try to rise up against you. Hashem will take care of those that try to deject you, those that try to put you down, those that try to get your in your way. And those who try to get rid of you, you see time and time again, even Mark Twain realized the the, the famous writer, Lahavdil, all of these people that rose up in history, none of them are around, none of them stay, none of them are extend, only the Jewish people. The Jews are the ones who are still here. We keep moving forward throughout all the centuries. It's the miracle of the Jews. The Greeks rose up, made noise, and they disappeared. The Romans rose up, made noise, and they disappeared. He wrote it, obviously, much better than I could ever say it. But he explained that throughout these centuries, all these people rose up against us. Even the Yamach Shemams rose up in World War II, and they were also utterly destroyed. Hashem will fight for you. You just keep moving forward. Hashem will take care of things for you. You just need to keep moving forward. The Labavitcher Rebbe points out on Chabad.org that these four factions represent four possible reactions to a situation in which one's divinely ordained mission in life is challenged by the prevalent reality. One possible reaction to a person's mission in life is let us cast ourselves into the sea which is a good one. Let us submerge ourselves within the living waters of Torah. Let us plunge ourselves into the sea of the Talmud, the sea of piety, the sea of religious life. Let us create our own insular communities, protecting us and ours from the godless world out there. That's a good reaction. That's a good way of going about. That's a good way to keep moving forward, especially those who witness horrors in history, who witness horrors in the Holocaust, who witness horrors in World War II and in, in, and in many situations throughout history, especially living in Israel through all the wars, through all the terrorist bombings, all the terrible situations, this, the, the beautiful solution, the beautiful reaction is to submerge in the Sea of Torah. They want to knock us down. They want to take us down. They want us to lose the fire for Torah. The best revenge is to keep on going, to have children, to raise children, to have Torah, to be involved in Torah, and to keep on living the Torah life. That is the best revenge. And that's a that's a that's a quote I even think of from a family friend who wanted to have children and thinks that every child is a is a knock against Yamach Shemom in World War Two. Every Jewish child raised, every Jewish child brought here, every person that learns is a real knock on all those who history that wanted to take it out of us, that wanted to take it away from us. That's the best type of revenge to keep on living and moving that Torah type of life. So that is the one possible reaction, a really good reaction to immersing in the sea, in the living waters of Torah, in the sea of the Talmud, the sea of piety, the sea of religious life, being involved in a wonderful Torah dika life, a Torah infused life, especially because there's so much lack of Torah out there. The other extreme is the reaction, let us return to Egypt, let us accept quote-unquote reality, recognizing it's the pharaohs of the world who wield the, the power and the real world. We'll do whatever we can under the circumstances to do what Hashem expects from us, but it is futile to imagine that we can resist, much less change the way things are. Of course, this is not the way, this is not the right reaction. 
this is not the right mahalach, not the right road to go down. But this is just one of the reactions that are out there. Of course, the one spoken about before is the much better one to go. A third reaction is to wage war against them, to assume a confrontational stance against the hostile reality, battling the ungodly world despite all odds. This way might seem like a good way to do things, but confrontation is never really a good reaction. Real fights, clashing head-to-head -head between cultures, between societies, between religions and ways of life, that doesn't really end well. You think of all these terrible events in history through all, all of them of the, of the Muslim Crusades and all of the Christian Crusades and the Inquisition, all these terrible things throughout history when religion was forced to one another and battle was waged. Only, only terribleness happened. That's why on some small level, Judaism doesn't seek converts. We don't push a religion on other people. We're the only religion, way of life, really, to push away converts. We try to push them away. We ask them three times, are you sure? Do you know all the mitzvahs involved? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And there's a conversion process. They have to go to the mikvah. They have to get a bris meal. They have to understand the, the ways and the laws of the Torah. They have to understand that they're doing it for the right reasons. They can't do it just to, to make more money. God forbid. They can't do it just because they like how it sounds. They can't do it just because they want to marry a Jewish girl. You can't do it for ulterior motives. You have to do it for the right way. Judaism doesn't believe in battling against the and confronting other religions of the world. We want to just bring truth into the world, be an orlaglame, a light into the nations, not a battle against the nations. So that's not the right way to do it either, that reaction of waging war against those around us. We're supposed to bring light, bring peace, bring justice, bring truth, bring wonderfulness to the world. And the fourth reaction is to say it's wrong to abandon the world, it's wrong to succumb to it, and it's wrong to fight it. The answer lies in dealing with it on a holy spiritual level. A single prayer can achieve more than the most secure fortress the most flattering diplomat or the most powerful army. Of course, this is a nice way also, but Torah im derech eretz. You can't just have Torah, you have to have the ways of the world. You can't just be in the study hall. Halomid al menas It's given lishmor la'asos l'kayim ulalamid. It's given, I forget the exact phraseology right now, but Perkyova says that someone that learns in order to practice, in order to teach, is given the ability to learn, to practice, to preach, and to and to teach and to move all about there. So we have to do it the right way. We can't just learn about it. We can't just be on the spiritual plane. We must be on the physical plane too. We talked about that also in another audio DT where we have the ability to take the nefesh bahami and the nefesh sikhli and infuse them together. We have to use our godliness with our materialism. We have to take the nefesh with the guf together to work together to raise the mundane. We talked about that last week. Raising the mundane, bringing it to the spiritual is actually what we're supposed to do. But look at this here. Where the Lubavitcher goes further and says with, from Chabad.org, God rejected all four approaches. While each of them has their time and place, it's important to create an invaluable sancta of holiness in a mundane world. Also necessary to appreciate the nature of the prevalent reality and deal with it on its own terms. Also necessary to wage an all-out war against evil. It's and it's always important to recognize that one cannot do it on one's own to appeal to God for help. None of them is the vision to guide our lives and define a relationship with the world we inhabit. Rather, when the Jew is headed towards Sinai and is confronted with a hostile or indifferent world, his most basic response must be to go forward.
His most basic, essential response must be to keep moving forward. I cannot say that better myself, of course. Obviously, the Lubavitcher always says it much, much, much better than I could ever say it. So we'll say it again. When the Jew is headed towards Sinai and is confronted with a hostile or indifferent world, his most basic response must be to go forward, not to escape reality, not to submit to it, not to wage war on it, not to deal with it only on a spiritual level, but to go forward, do another mitzvah, ignite another soul, take one more step toward your goal. When you move forward, when you keep going forward, you will see that insurmountable barrier yield and that ominous threat fade away. You will see that the prevalent reality is not so real after all and that you have it within your power to reach your goal, even if you have to split some seas to get there. I think about all the people in our lives who have been through Gehenna and back, whether it be through personal things and, and private things and terrible things, but even people that have been through horrific times. I think about my own grandparents who survived World War II, and I think about my wife's grandparents and my wife's grandfather who has been through so much World War II, the Holocaust, very, very difficult times, but kept moving forward, found his wife, built a beautiful family, and lived a beautiful Torah life, an inspiration to everyone, a true lesson in the idea of keep moving forward. And my wife's great-grandfather was very close, a very good friend of the Kloisenberger Revy, of a fascinating figure, fascinating rabbi and character in recent history. This is Rabbi, Yehu, rabbi Yekusiel Yehuda Halberstam, one of the kids in my wife's family is actually named after him. Believe it or not, Wikipedia, Lahavla is a whole biography about him. The whole thing is beautiful to read about and to see about. But I just want to point out the idea of keep on moving forward, a figure from recent history to learn about what he did, how he got to move forward, even through living through horrific events. Of course, we could see this through our own family just a few generations ago. People who lived through World War II, people who lived through the Holocaust, people who lived even before that through the First World War People who nowadays live in Israel live through their wars and through the intifadas and terrible things, and they keep moving forward, they keep building forward. You think of Lahavdo Kobe Mandel's parents, they lost him, and what did they do? They started the beautiful organization, the Kobe Mandel Foundation. They kept moving forward, kept the, uh, the spirit of their child alive, and they made a whole beautiful movement to help terror victims, to help terror families to move forward. You think of the parents of those three children, Lo Elena, who were lost all those years ago, the whole the whole Judaism united, the whole Jewish world united because of those three boys, and they, they kept moving forward. People in life keep moving forward. You think about all the survivors who keep moving forward and are an inspiration to all of us. My wife's grandparents, my wife's family, people who lived through it, my grandparents, people who lived through it. An inspiration to everyone. You think about Rabbi Yakusiel, Rabbi Yakusiel Yehuda Halberstam. Again, a very close friend of my wife's great grandfather and their family. He was 
born on January 10, 1905, lived till June 18, 1994. He was an Orthodox rabbi and the founding rabbi of the Sands, the Sands Klosenberger Hasidic dynasty. This is from Wikipedia, believe it or not, amazing. He became one of the youngest rabbis in Europe, leading thousands of followers in the town of Klosenberger, Romania, before World War II. His wife, 11 children, and most of his followers were murdered by the Nazis. Yemach Shemam, Loa Lenu. While he was incarcerated in several concentration camps, after the war, he moved to the United States and later to Israel, rebuilt Jewish communal life, moved forward in the displaced persons camp of Western Europe, reestablished his dynasty in the United States and Israel, founded a Haredi neighborhood in Israel, and a son's community in the United States, established a hospital in Israel, run according to Jewish law, rebuilt his own family with a second marriage and the birth of seven more children. He decided to move to U.S. temporarily. Through his travel, travails in the Holocaust, he always had in mind the goal of settling in Israel. He established Kiryat San's neighborhood in the beachside city of Netanya, a beautiful, beautiful city that my wife and I visited on our honeymoon many years ago. But he established the, the, the neighborhood in 1958. He was the first Rebbe to establish a Haredi neighborhood in an Israeli development town. Over the next few years, he raised money for the establishment of key neighborhood institutions, including girls' and boys' schools and yeshivas, an orphanage, and an old age how does a person accomplish so much even though they dealt with so much? Keep moving forward with the help of Hashem by your side. He moved permanently to Israel in 1960, settling in Netanya and directing both the community there and in Williamsburg, founded Bate Midrashim, learning institutions and schools in other cities in Israel, established the Kiryat Sons neighborhood of Yerushalayim as well. 1968, founded another Sons community in Union City, New Jersey, and then divided his time between that community and Netanya. And one of the coolest things I think he did was the Laniadel Hospital. The, and, and there's a maternity wing there also. He's known for establishing Laniano Hospital, a voluntary, not-for-profit, 484-bed hospital in Kiryat Sanzantani. The hospital is run according to Jewish law, which is beautiful. The vision originated during the during the Holocaust, and he told an assemblage in Yiddish in 1980 at the cornerstone laying for the second building in 1980, I was saved from the gas chamber, saved from Hitler, Yamach Shemo. I spent several years in Nazi death camps, besides the fact that they murdered my wife and 11 children, my mother, my sisters, and my brother. Of my whole family, some 150 people, I was the only one who survived. Lo, Elena, we should never know from such things. We all should only know from amazing, wonderful, beautiful, happy, healthy, good things. He was the only one who survived. I witnessed their cruelty, he said. I remember as if it were today how they shot me in the arm. I was afraid to go to the Nazi infirmary, though there were doctors there. I knew that if I went in, I'd never come out alive. Despite my fear of the Nazis, I plucked a leaf from a tree and stuck it to my wound to staunch the bleeding. Then I cut a branch and tied it around the wound to hold it in place. With God's help, it healed in three days. I, then I promised myself, and this is the key, key, key thing, that if with God's help I got well and I got out of there, away from those Rasham, wicked people, I would build a hospital in Israel, in Eretz Yisrael, where every human being would be cared for with dignity. The basis of that hospital would be that doctors and nurses would believe that there is a God in this world and that when they treat a patient, they're fulfilling the greatest mitzvah in the Torah.
What a beautiful way of thinking. Even after having lost so much, he kept moving forward. He made a he made a statement to himself, an ideology to himself. If you let me out of here, God, this is what I want to do. In 1958, he laid the cornerstone for a community hospital to be run according to the strictest standards of halacha, and he got the building permit, and then he spent 15 years raising funds to build the hospital named Laniano Hospital after the Laniano brothers, two bankers from Switzerland whose estate provided 300 grand donation for the rabbi, for the rabbi. The first building and outpatient clinic opened in 75, 1975. Then they had a maternity ward, emergency room, internal medicine department, cardiology unit, intensive care unit. And then it continued to expand and now has two medical centers, a children's hospital, a geriatric center, and a nursing school serving a population of over four. 450,000 people. He continued to plan and supervise the expansion of the hospital until he died in 1994. And if that wasn't enough, in addition to all these achievements in rebuilding the Sanz-Klosenberg dynasty, establishing many communal institutions, one of the most far-reaching accomplishments was his establishment of Mifal Hashas. The Talmud Factory in 1982, the worldwide project encourages thousands of Jewish men and boys to study copious amounts of Talmud and Shulchan Aruch and complete written tests on 20 to 30 pages per month in return for a monthly stipend. Mifal Hashas continues to operate today worldwide. Just amazing, amazing what this one person did, accomplished, even though it was thrown so much kept moving forward. Think about my Bobby and Zadie who came to this land and literally taught themselves English, taught themselves to speak and to write and they got jobs and they also married and they also raised my 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 dad and they went on to do wonderful things. You think about different people in your own family, my wife's family, and those around. What happened that they were dealt so much and they were given so much, so much tragedy, so much terribleness, but they felt that they had to keep moving forward. That is the Torah way, to take the Torah, to live that Torah life, to move with that Torah life, to keep up that Torah life, and to keep moving forward. The Jews are standing on the brink of the water. The Jews are standing at the edge of the sea. What do they do? Some of them want to go back to Egypt. Some of them want to fight. Some of them want to just cry out to Hashem. And some of them want to jump into the water. All of them have different approaches. And Nachshon jumps into the water, which is a wonderful thing because it was the time to do. But Hashem says above and beyond that, we have to do more. We have to do differently. We have to go up. Sometimes it's not a time for praying. Sometimes it's a time for action. Sometimes it's a time to realize we need to keep moving forward and we'll have Hashem by our side. If we realize we have Hashem by our side, Hashem will fight for you. Even if people try to put you down, even if people try to exterminate, even if people try to get rid of you, Hashem will fight for you. Hashem will take you with Him. Don't worry about those around you. Don't worry but those who are against you. Realize that Hashem is with you. Realize Hashem will take you with you. Hashem will come and bring you with you. When the Jew is headed towards Sinai and is confronted with hostility, is confronted with indifferentness or confronted with a lack of morals, the response must be to keep moving forward. The response must be to go 
forward, not to escape reality or submit to it, not to wage war on it, not to deal with it on a spiritual level, but to go forward. Keep doing mitzvahs. Keep igniting others. Keep taking steps towards your goal. Go forward with the Torah by your side, with mitzvahs and chesed by your side. You will see that everything falls away against you. The Klosenberger Rebbe realized this and saw this and needed Hashem by his side and kept on doing this. Those in our families, my wife's family and my family, and all those people who know people like this, they had to keep moving forward. Even if a person experiences hardship or sadness or loses someone or something, we should never know from such things, we keep moving forward. We keep living that Torah lifestyle. We keep trying to move and, and live day in and day out, doing Torah, doing chesed, doing mitzvahs, trying to up live that Torah lifestyle, trying to keep moving forward. We should learn from all these wonderful characters in Tanakh, all these wonderful characters in history. You think of all the terrible things that happened to so many of our ancestors. You think of David and Melech, the great David and Melech had a very difficult life. You know, two of his kids rebelled against him. One of his kids took his sister, and he himself had craziness. He had to deal with a very intense father-in-law, and he had to deal with a crazy illness at the end of his life, but he kept moving forward. You have to keep going forward. You have to keep moving forward. Realize that that's the Torah lifestyle. That's the Torah lifestyle. Learn from the Klosenberger Rebbe. Learn from the Jews as they left Egypt. You have to keep moving forward. You have to keep going forward. No matter what is thrown to us in life, no matter what Hashem decides for us in life, we have to keep moving forward. Keep learning every day. Keep doing Torah every day. Keep doing mitzvahs every day. Keep doing chesed every day. Keep up things throughout your days. Do the daf every day and learn a little bit every day. Learn some Mishnah. Learn some Halacha. Learn a little bit every day and pray daven every day. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep moving forward every day. And that is really the Torah way. Join us next time as we talk the audio DT with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.